Give us one hour and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen is fresh, optimistic, and purpose-driven talk radio that promotes happiness from the inside out. Each week, Lisa spotlights trendsetters and change agents who offer sound emotional fitness tips for improving mental muscle tone and greater well-being. Guest experts include a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who are devoting their lives to creating a better world in which to live. Your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen, is a widely recognized applied positive psychology coach, author, documentary filmmaker, and lecturer specializing in the fields of sustainable happiness, mindfulness, and positive lifestyle management. Let's get to it. Here's Lisa. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, broadcasting consciously prepared brain food from the beaches of Malibu, California. Each week, we explore the very serious business of happiness, sustainable well-being, and human flourishing. We are not talking about that annoying yellow smiley face. No, no, no. We are talking about something much deeper and critical to the success of humanity. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. In fact, it is essential in order for humankind to thrive. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to collective global flourishing. The achievement of a happy life is not only positively good for us, it is constructively good for those around us. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart, and this show is most definitely all about the heart. Today, we are talking about the stars, but we're talking about the stars in a little bit of a different way. Have you ever had somebody ask you, what is your sign? That was a famous um, come online in the 70s when I was growing up. But we're really today talking about astrology and how the stars, how our signs and all of the planets affect us. My first guest today is Chris Flisher, who is the host of the podcast Turning of the Wheel. Chris Flisher is a professional astrologer with a working practice of 40 years. Chris uses information contained in each person's birth, such as date, time, and place, to reveal their true purpose. Astrology provides an amazingly accurate glimpse of the individual's assets and liabilities. With this information, clients can work to their highest potential when the timing is absolutely correct. Only astrology can provide this kind of accuracy and insight. Astrology can be a complex divination tool, and Chris is a master at bringing it all together with a clear, concise, and empathetic delivery. Welcome, Chris. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks so much. It's very nice of you to ask me. I'm very much appreciative. Oh, well, we are we're delighted to have you on the show. We, we don't normally step into this realm on the show, but everybody on our production team is so interested in astrology. You know, they're always asking one another, what's your sign? Getting <laughs> into conversations about Mercury in retrograde, you know, reading mm-hmm. daily, you know, astrological forecasts. And it's it's good fun, but there's also some sound science behind it. What brought you to astrology in the first place? Well, you know, it's interesting. All the things that you mentioned are absolutely true, and it is probably the most accurate divination tool there is to it. I was about... 20 years old, uh, living in Boston at the time, and I had, I had worked, I was working at this business that I was in, and, um, 
Someone had just started that day, a brand new person. I never met them before. And she happened to ask me, I was sitting over with her over lunch. She asked me if I knew my birth information. I, I did happen to have it in my head. So I gave her my birth date, my birthplace, and my birth time. And about two days later, she came back in with about seven pages of handwritten notes about me. And I was completely floored because here was somebody who I had never met before in my life who knew more about me than anybody who had previously known me. So I was just completely shocked. How could a stranger know so much about me based on just this information? So that's what got me hooked. Once I got that hook in me, I was was all over. I just kept going with it. And it's interesting because at the time that you are speaking of back in the day, as I put air quote, quotes around it, as I say right, that, that's good to say it, that. <laughs> everything was plotted manually. Yes, it was. It was much different back then. But there were some good books out there, but you had to do it. Uh, it was all plotted manually. and It took a lot more time to do a, a personal chart. Now we have computers, thankfully, that have taken a lot of that work out of the, out of the way. So it's much easier for us now. Why and how is astrology accurate? Well, you know, it, it's it's something that I – it's one of the questions that's always dogged me, I have to say, all these years. I've always been somewhat – in the back of my mind, there's a little bit of a you know a nudge that says, what's going on here? What's going on? Because it is so amazing, but I, it's constantly validated for me. Why it is, I don't, all, I don't like have a crisp, clear answer for you other than I think that the place and time that we're born is significant to who we are. It is a encapsulated moment in time. When we're brought into the into the realm of the world and everything that happened at that at where everything is in the chart at that moment in time becomes your sort of your fingerprint or your DNA. It's it's very similar to that. And when you look at the birth chart of that moment of time when you're born, that becomes your static sort of profile of who you are for the remainder of your life. And that is what you use as your character judge and and brings in all the personality traits as well. And it's really incredibly accurate. I have found it to be as well. And I, I don't consider myself a particularly woo-woo person. And I have done charts for myself, my former spouse, my kids when they were born. And I have found this what, just what you're saying, that, that it, they are incredibly accurate, if nothing else, at, at, at capturing the personality. Absolutely, absolutely. And the thing is that I, I'm not one of those people either. I'm not necessarily drawn to this sort of esoteric sciences, but I have to say over the years and being constantly validated, I have to say that there's, there's more here than meets the eye. To me, it is an incredible, um, tool that many people just sort of do cast aside. Like you say, they cast aside as sort of woo woo. But when you get <laughs> in, when you get into it, and I used to have, I had a radio show for years where I was on live radio across the cross country. People would call me, call up me up from anywhere across the country. I had no idea, and I have no idea who they were. They give me those three pieces of information, the birth date, the birthplace, the birth time. I could read their charts over the line, and then they would be saying, wow, that is so accurate. You can't script that. That was completely organic and spontaneous. So that was validating in itself as time went on. It's much more so, and it continues to be so. In terms of the history of astrology and how it has evolved over centuries, where have we or how did astrology become established in other words it's based on the on the planets right so it's mm-hmm. what's up in the sky and right. what's happening down on earth and who who started this whole thing well, it's a reflective conversation between the, the, us on the earth and where the planets are in the scars. It's in the, in the, in the sky, rather. It is a, it's a sort of a conversation. It started back, the earliest uh, mention of it, it goes back, it was actually evident in many different civilizations. The Chinese had their own version. 
The Indians had their own version, meaning India. And Western astrology was founded and first got its origins in an area called Chaldea, which is between the Tigris and Euphrates rivers in uh, in Persia, around that area, right between Iraq and Iran in that area. And it just became uh, – it was an observation of people who were looking at the stars and making correlations between what happened in the sky and what was happening on the earth. They, they started out with the moon because it was easiest to see. They were able to – and farmers have always tracked their – Planting and harvesting um, based on the moon. Uh, navigators have always used the stars to navigate across the oceans. So there's been a lot of uh, historical data. And, of course, now the longer astrology is around, the more empirical data we have, which only makes it more valid as time goes on. This makes me think of how astrology is used, not only for the individual, but in business. And many people may not know this, but we had a former president whose wife was big time into astrology. I know. (laughs) Being the Reagans we're talking about. Nancy Reagan, yes, indeed, yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting – I'm on a lot of different mailing lists, and this this year I got a uh, an email uh, notification that a very well known, very well established, highly respected Wall Street uh, newspaper had just given an astrologer the highest marks for his predictability qualities, and which is very rare because the business world doesn't really embrace it, but. When they started to see what this guy was saying and how accurate it was, they said, wow, this is really something. This is There's more here than meets the eye. So I think it's really evident. It's evident in the personal chart. It's evident in the charts of the world. So it's all there for everyone to understand. I it have... is complicated, though. I will grant you that. So it does require some work on the individual. And that's where many people sort of turn away. They may just read their sun sign in the newspaper online every day and just cast it off at that. But if they had a little more information, just one more data point, you would find that that information becomes even more granular and more accurate. And what would that information be? That information would be, I, I would use the rising sign. And the rising sign is determined by the time of birth. That is the actual birth time. And not everybody knows that. That is one of the problems. But a lot of people do have it on their birth certificates. Or I always say, ask your mother. I'm pretty sure she was there. And once you get the time, <laughs> once you get the time of birth, then you're good. But some people, you know, who've been adopted or they, their records were destroyed or they can't find them. That is frustrating, uh, especially in some other countries. But you get into Europe, they, they're pretty good about keeping track of the records. And, of course, a lot of the uh, town hall records in your towns would have that information too or the hospital in which you were born. And that is the key. Once you understand what's called the rising sign, also known as the ascendant, then you can put the two together. You put the sun and the moon together. I mean, the sun and the rising sign together. You're going to get 85% accuracy of what's going on. So that's and really key. We, you just mentioned the third element, the the moon. The moon. We, that can yeah. Also say, yeah. That's Talk a little piece. bit about that. We're going to need to go to break in a, in a minute or two, but I want to just throw that out there too to sort of stir up the mix. Yeah, well, the moon is our is what is responsible for our emotional uh, base, so to speak. It's sort of representative of the mother in the chart, whereas the sun represents the father. The moon represents our emotional, uh, you know, sort of our foothold in our emotions and how we express our emotions. Not everybody knows that, but you can get that from an accurate chart reading. The reason I say rising sign is because people can typically get that fairly quickly if they have a rising sign calculator, which I do have on my website. Very cool. Okay, let's talk about how astrology can help an individual who is undergoing something or seeking information about perhaps being stuck and how to get unstuck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the things that is most valuable about astrology is the timing element. Now, I would say that it is more theme-based than it is about precision. Now, 
And what I mean by that is that you're not, I'm not going to say to you to go out and buy a lottery ticket on Wednesday and you're going to hit the lottery. But I might say that that week would be a good week for you to look into the idea of money. Might, money might be more prominent in your life than another week. So you might get a check from a, insurance claim or a you know a great lost uncle or whatever or you may owe money it's it's always that duality kind of conversation how it can help is if you are in the midst of trying to make a transition of some sort it helps to know where these things are going on and what, what, what house they're in. The houses are determined by the orientation of the chart, which is also determined by the birth time. Once you know the birth time, you can orient the chart so the houses are in the circular pattern. And where the planets fall in those houses is that is where you will see the action. And it is dead on, especially with regard to outer planets, which indicate long-term trends. That's the key point. We're going to go to a break, and I want to talk about some of those trends when we get back. Um, And just tell us a little bit about your show, Turning of the Wheel, and how we can tune in. Yeah, I am on iTunes under Turning of the Wheel. It's just the four words. Turning of the Wheel is one long word. It's a podcast. It's found on Stitcher and a number of other outlets. And I basically discuss astrology, art, and spiritual adventure as the overall uh, theme of the show. But most of my time I spend talking about astrology. What I do is I contact world-known astrologers. We'll talk about world events. We'll talk about individual patterns. And uh, it's, it's just been a lot of fun. I get a lot of great information, a lot of good feedback from people who have heard it. Beautiful. To learn more, please visit www.chrisflisher.com. On Twitter, you can find him at Chris Flisher and on Facebook, Chris Flisher. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back. And that is a promise. Wait, wait, wait. We're going to take that break. But before we do, I want to mention something really important about saving time and money. If you're anything like me, you're leading a busy and hectic life. And anything that I can do to make my home run a little more smoothly makes me really happy. For the past few weeks, I've been shopping at Jet.com, which saves me money, time, and stress in restocking all those household goods that I normally use from the comfort and convenience of my couch, anytime, day or night. Personally, I love shopping online and enjoy the efficiency of getting it done on my terms. Lately, I've been engaging in a little late-night retail therapy, buying laundry detergent, cleaning products, and other household staples at competitive prices at Jet.com. You see, I'm a little bit of an efficiency freak and love love taking care of practical stuff when it works best for me. And Jet.com is a good gig for busy folks like us because it offers a super simple, easy buying experience, a great selection on thousands of everyday brand name essentials, fast and free shipping on orders over $35, free returns within 30 days, competitive pricing designed to save you money, there are no membership fees, and there's a 24-hour customer service line from the JetHead team in Salt Lake City. Yes, you can even talk to a real person in the middle of the night. And here's the coolest part. The more you buy, the more you save. That's right, the unit pricing drops as you shop. So join me in generating greater household happiness by jumping on over to Jet.com and use the promo code HAPPINESS upon checkout to save $10 off each of your first three orders over $35. Terms and conditions do apply, so check out Jet.com for details. Yep. Nothing gives happiness like free stuff, and Jet.com is giving you 10 bucks off each of your first three orders when you use the promo code HAPPINESS at checkout. Now, here come those tunes. We'll be, we'll be right back, and that's a promise. We know that life can be tough, and that happiness can and does live alongside adversity. 
Connect with us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and follow Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen for a daily dose of inspiration. We'll be right back after this quick break. Happiness is an inside job. Wear the message on T-shirts, baseball caps, sterling silver designer jewelry, and more. Please visit our online boutique at www.harvestinghappiness.com. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress Kamen has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Each day we get to choose how we are going to show up for life. And at times, we need tips for strengthening our well-being. Learn training strategies for greater emotional fitness and improved mental muscle tone at HarvestingHappiness.com. Hey, welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are talking about astrology. We're not. We're talking about it as an aid to our well-being, how to forecast auspicious timing or cautionary timing for things that we do in our lives, and most importantly, debunking that this is not about fortune-telling or soothsaying. My first guest today is Chris Flisher, who is the host of the podcast, Turning of the Wheel. He is also a professional astrologer with 40 years experience. And Chris, prior to the break, we got into a little bit to how astrology can help an individual. But I think it's important to debunk the myths of astrology being fortune telling. Right. Now, fortune telling is based on sort of a, uh, I would say, an intuitive uh, handle that, that the the reader might have. They may be able, fortune telling, a person may be able to look at you and determine by just by looking at you sitting at a table, if you're married or not married. They may be able to tell by your body movement. They may be able to tell by your body language. Astrology is removed from all that because we're doing this in a void where the only information I have. And when I do a reading with somebody, I don't want to know anything about them. If they start to talk about where they're going, what's going on with their lives, I say, stop, don't talk anymore. Let me do this in an organic, authentic, genuine manner, whereby only thing I know about you is these three pieces, birth date, birth place, and birth time. Once I know those three facts, I can draw the chart up and immediately begin to see connections that are there. And this is where – and then when I start to rattle these things off, people on the other end of the line are saying, oh, my God, this is true. This is true. This is true. This is exactly where it's happening. It is about the theme. I want to stress that. It's very important for me, I think, to say that it's about the theme. There are astrologers that will do all kinds of you know, things to complicate things. I don't think that astrology has to be overly complicated. But um, astrology can be very complicated, but it does have a certain character to it. What you want to find 
find with it is this theme-based quality. This is what I talk about. Um, as I mentioned to you earlier, it's not about picking a day to uh, – and you can pick a day. I mean if, you, if anything, you might not want to have things done on a certain day. If the moon is void, of course, you might not want to uh, you know, step into that into go and having your teeth done or something like that. It's not that you have to avoid that. It's just that the odds of things being happening in a better way are better when the moon is, is, is not void, of course. But – more importantly, when it comes to long-term trends, you look at the outer planets. You look at Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto. Because they are slow-moving planets, they have a longer arc of influence. And that is where you'll find the greatest influence. If Jupiter is in your 10th house, which is your house of career, it's a great time to go looking for work or the opportunity may arise because Jupiter tends to be a very uh, optimistic and expansive planet. If you've got Jupiter in your 7th house, which is your house of relationships, might be a fabulous time to fall in love. And the same is true where, if Venus were there. So the the presence of these planets allow you to be to be primed to respond at that time, and you'll find that people typically are doing exactly what their chart is 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 is, is uh, displaying. They just need the validation, which is often why people come to an astrologer is to get validation. Am I losing my mind? <laughs> and I said, well, actually, looking at your chart. I can see why you're having a hard time in school or a hard time at work or why money is a harder is harder for you now than usual. It's that kind of stuff that I can see. They already know that they're there. What they want is the validation, and that's where it gets to be incredibly accurate. And I would imagine that as a counseling tool, this is extremely helpful because we know that the only certain thing is uncertainty. That's to right. understand that when these trends do hit, that they're not permanent, that, you know, that the they're cycle, things very- will move. That's right. That's a very good point. And it is very much like the, a counseling kind of thing because people typically come to an astrologer when times are tough. They're like, why am I not getting things done? Or, or should I, I take this new job? Is this person right for me? And all those kinds of big lifetime milestone kinds of questions are the best kinds of questions. It's not whether or not I should, uh, you know, mow the lawn today. It's more about, uh, is this the right time to be looking for someone? Should I be looking for a new job? Should I get my resume out there? Should I exercise? You know, all these sort of big lifestyle changes are incredibly accurate when it comes to um, astrology and making decisions. Let's talk a little bit about how astrology can be used in global trending, in politics, right. in, you know, we've just had a, a, an election that has a lot of people around the world, not just in America, up in arms. What's going on that in that way? Well, what we would do in a situation like that is you would cast a chart for the individual you're talking about, but you can also cast a chart for a, a, a country. And in the case of the United States, you would cast a chart for July 4th, 1776 at 5.08 p.m. in Philadelphia, PA, when the Declaration of Independence was signed. That gives you an example. You would take that chart and you would overlay the chart of Donald J. Trump on there and you'd see why things are happening as they are. If I were to look at the charts and I – we didn't have Hillary Clinton's birth time, so it was difficult for us to get the proper orientation. So we could never really come down in a clear, crisp pattern the way we could with Trump. Trump was born on an eclipse, meaning that – this is a person who is destined for greatness, who's destined for high visibility. I think the relevance of he as an individual in the political spectrum now is in an, un, an unusual way to raise our attention to the point of what we are doing wrong with our own personal lives. If we're all wrapped up in Facebook and Twitter and not paying attention to those around us in sort of that shallow, delusional kind of realm that, that social media presents to us, he is the example for us to see what we're doing wrong. He sort of stands there as a so in some ways, he is there to sort of correct our course, regardless of how difficult a pill that may be to swallow. 
you know, I have not seen any of these charts, um, but, uh, you know, from a psychological perspective, I say the election of Trump is a projection of the shadow nature of us collectively. So I think I, that's very accurate. I think that's we, very accurate. Yeah. yeah, we come to the same place. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. we we needed a character like that to come into the White House to make us wake up and raise our own consciousness and our own um, ability to to be stirred and get active. That's right. He's a catalyst for change. If things were smooth and easy, nothing would get done. Things only happen in life when there is hardship or tension. That is a basic fact, and that's what astrology will point out. It'll point out what's called the squares. Astrology is based on geometry. When you have a square between two planets, you're going to get tension between what those two planets represent in your individual life. And it is only then that we find motion. If if, if life was beautiful every day – Nothing would happen. We wouldn't get anything done. We have to be motivated, and the motivation comes from the hard aspects in astrology, which is why you're exactly right with the election of Donald Trump. He is there to raise our consciousness in a sort of an unusual way, but it it does work. People are moving. (laughs) People are moving. People are activated, and I think it is a call to action, regardless of what side um, you sit on, because I think that it's you know everybody is a little bit. You know, wow, that that really happened. Oh, yes, it happened. We're in it now. It's a major wake-up call. It's a major wake-up call which forces us to say, hey, don't take away our EPA. Don't shut down the uh, the endowment for the arts. We want these things. We want equal rights for women in all races in the country. We want to be inclusive. This is how we get this done, by bringing this up to our face and getting us angry and getting us to move. And, you know, the one thing that I have a concern about is isolationism. You know, if you have right. policies that are so strong um, to, to keep the bad guys out, you keep everything out because you, you can't do. have one without the other. Right. And I think that that, by the same token, that makes us work even harder to go the other way because the only way to really sort of uh, address this and thwart it is to respond in the opposite way, to try to find new ways around it. It does really crank up the motivation on those who are progressives to try to get things back to where they were, to try to move them. But it really is an attention grabber, and that's exactly what his role is, I think. So how do you define spiritual adventure? Because you talk about this on your own podcast, Turning yeah. of the Wheel. So let's, let's chat a little bit about that. Yeah, well, for me, spiritual adventure is really an um, – I, I think of it as an umbrella term that allows me to, to delve into a lot of different divination tools. It doesn't restrict me simply to – Astrology, because I've got a, a wide range of topics that interest me. I'm interested in in Buddhism. I'm interested in in the Tarot. I'm interested in numerology. I'm interested in afterlife experience or near death experiences. All of these things, which are considered, I guess, in the, underneath a, a what's called a paranormal kind of realm or an esoteric arts, I'm fascinated by all of them, and I like to see the synergies between astrology and them. So by having that phrase, spiritual adventure, allows me to cast a much wider net with regard to the types of people I speak with on my radio show and on a podcast rather, and those I can, uh, and the topics that I can address. So I like that it allows me more freedom in that regard. I basically stick with astrology throughout, but having that there allows me a much wider uh, net to cast for subjects. And for those who are listening, you know, I think the challenge is for each of us to be on our own spiritual adventure, whatever that looks like, whether it's religion, whether it's gardening, knitting, tarot, astrology. Mm-hmm. I, I think the beauty of uh, living today is that we get to do that without impunity. 
Yes, I think so. And we want to be, and I think our, the more holistic our approach is, and I think of it like a quilt almost, you know, a, a patchwork quilt may have a lot of different things on there, but they all together form a, a, a solid uh, blanket, so to speak. And so I think having those different pieces on there, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, allows us to have a much more a broader a holistic approach to life and living and helps us cope better. And I want to just throw in a little bit of science there. Um, uh, there has been research done, a lot of research done on happiness, the science of happiness. And researchers have found that people who have some spiritual practice, whether it is traditional religion or uh, philosophy or some um, dedication to practice for spiritual pursuit, trend higher. They report themselves to be happier than their non-practicing counterparts. And I'm not a, a, a Bible thumper here by any stretch of the imagination, but I do encourage people to get involved in some way with uh, a group or a cause that allows you to step out of your own way and, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and focus your energies externally. I think it's very important because it allows you to uh, entertain new ideas. You're not closed. You're not single-minded. You're not boxed into any one belief form. You're not, there's nothing worse than a blind follower. You want someone. You want to be someone who always questions, who always seeks, who always learns. And in that, you find yourself broadening and expanding. If you're stuck in one little narrow box, you're not going to. And you see only black and white. You're never going to evolve. I think. I think the evolution comes from the ability to sample lots of things and explore different avenues. I agree. And if any of you are curious about the work of Chris Flisher, please visit his website at www.chrisflisher.com. On Twitter, he can be found at Chris Flisher and on Facebook, Chris Flisher as well. And in the ethers on the air, you can find him at Turning of the Wheel, a podcast that is available on iTunes, Spreaker and other fine broadcast outlets. Thank you, Chris, for joining us today on Harvesting hey, Happiness Talk Radio. It was so great. Thank you so much for the invitation. It was great fun. Oh, Good time pleasure. <laughs> Take, care. Take care. Here come the tunes and we'll be right back. Who says money can't buy happiness? Check out Lisa's new book, Are We Happy Yet? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life and other fun, fashionable, and inspiring items at shophappy at harvestinghappiness.com. We'll be right back after this quick break. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. Each day we get to choose how we are going to show up for life. And at times we need tips for strengthening our well-being. Learn training strategies for greater emotional fitness and improved mental muscle tone at HarvestingHappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are having an interesting hour today. We are talking about 
astrology and its applications to our daily lives as an art and a science, not as a woo-woo experience, which many people think astrology is. Um, Around here at Harvesting Happiness, we always fasten our seatbelts and brace ourselves for Mercury in retrograde. Many of you have heard of Mercury in retrograde, but don't really know what it means. But we just know that it messes up all things electronics, communications. It's not a good time to start new contracts, or so I've been led to believe in I may find out differently. My next guest is going to talk about this mer- Mercury in retrograde experience. And with me now is Larry Schwimmer. He is the author of What the Hell is Going On in My Life? Using Your Birthday to Find Answers About Relationships, Career, Money, Sex, and Health. Larry is known as the down-to-earth astrologer who uses your horoscope to solve your problems and tell your future. Larry Schwimmer is a San Francisco-based astrologer. His astrology readings explain what is happening in your life now and what events can happen in your future. He helps people pick the best dates to make successful decisions of all types, personal, career, and financial. Larry is an internationally known astrologer, coach, and business consultant. For the past several years, he has also been the featured astrology columnist for the Huffington Post, where you can read his articles each week. Welcome, Larry. What the hell is going on with Mercury in retrograde? (laughs) Well, that's something we ask ourselves usually three times a year when Mercury goes retrograde for three weeks. And uh, you have to pretty much really plan that you're going to handle your life and operate a little differently than you normally do when those three weeks occur. Talk a little bit about it, because I know working in media communications with computers and software programs, I see it coming and I go, oh, Lord, I'm going to say a little prayer over all of all of our systems here because they inevitably go go wrong, go down. Well, that's true. And and I think for for a lot of people to understand what what this really means and, as you say, non we'll talk, but just straight, direct, practical, how do I use this to to improve my life? Um, We need to understand a basic, and that is this, that uh, astrology is based on the simple understanding that all the planets in the sky exert their own unique influence on each of us in the world, world we live in. And Mercury, here's how Mercury affects us. It rules our your intelligence, your mind, your memory, and all types of communication ranging from talking, texting to writing. And it also affects your self-expression and communication style. And in a more public sense, as you said, it rules commerce, computers, telephones, transportation, and air travel. And uh, how Mercury functions in a birth chart explains a great deal about how people formulate ideas and how they share them. And it dictates their sense of their everyday world that they live in. During the three weeks that Mercury goes retrograde, your mental faculties are not functioning well. In fact, they go on vacation. So, (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, all righty then. That explains it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, under the influence, which occurs, as I say, usually three times a year, Elisa, um, communications of all types go haywire. And you experience communication misunderstandings and failures in such great abundance that you're going to look up on the sky and and stars and say, what the hell is going on? Well, the answer is Mercury is is retrograde. So um, that's what's happening. 
what I hear you saying, it's not just about how it affects uh, electronics and communication and media, but it also can lead to misunderstandings in communications in our relationships, interpersonal yeah. communication. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, the kind of sampling that people go, well, what do you mean, Larry? You know, I'll just say, well, sampling is some of the things that can go wrong in your life during that retrograde. For example, no matter how well you and your spouse normally communicate, you find yourself misspeaking and saying the wrong thing and having disagreements you don't normally have. Um, at work, even though you're sure you've explained yourself clearly to the other person, they do the opposite of what you said, and they're sure they followed your instructions. Or your fail-proof computer crashes, or you experience these equipment and mechanical breakdowns. Um, you know, you hearken back, Lisa, to the time you heard your car's engine make that funny noise, causing you to say, "I should have my mechanic check that out." Well, during retrograde, that's when your car suddenly doesn't work, and you wish you had paid your mechanic a visit. Oh my! Well, it's it's not just the car. You know, it's um, it's the, the thermostat in the house. It's the um, radio in the car. I have satellite radio, and I notice that sometimes it just, like, resets. Like, it, it won't work. And then I will pull over, I'll reset, it'll come back on, then it will do it again, and then it will be fine for months on end. So it's, it's, it is fascinating. And people who don't particularly pay attention to astrology, and in fact may be a naysayer, Usually when things go wrong during this Mercury and retrograde phase and it's brought up to them, they were like, you know, I never really believed it, but I'm starting to see that this is really true. It is interesting. Yeah. yeah. And in fact, uh, I've taken a lot of skeptics and helped them um, convert to, wow, I'm going to pay attention to Mercury retrograde by suggesting, and your listeners can do this as well. Just, uh, just uh, take those three weeks uh, note them on a calendar or day timer and write down the number of times that people cancel meetings, um, big arguments occur that don't normally occur, uh, delays, um, flight cancellations, um, breakdowns of different types. And you'll see at the end of those three weeks that an abnormal number of those kinds of occurrences seem to occur during those three weeks. Yeah, it is interesting. I, I will share a little story of uh, the last Mercury in retrograde when we were getting ready to print my book. And we everybody knew, oh, gosh, this is not a good time to do this. But we were under the gun and we had to move forward. And we wrote our instructions out. Everything did get done. And the cover stock came back wrong. And, mm. and and the the person who was doing the at the uh, the printing house and the and the publisher were like, oh gosh, we knew this. And and they're not particularly woo woo kinds of people. But the stock was wrong, even though it said it on the order. But the upside of what happened is it even looked better when we got when we got the finished product. So out of something that was negative came a positive, which really leads me to ask you, what are some of the good things that happened? Because for every minus, there is a plus. Well, that's true. And, you know, one of the people say to me, well, what's the purpose of Mercury Retrograde? Well, it, it's really to slow down and do things that begin with RE, like RE as in research, revisit, reconsider, reevaluate. And I think to, to the point of your story, often what happens, there's some sort of breakdown or mistake. And what comes out of it is you go like, well, wait a second, we could make a change that would make this even better. And so I tell people, 
uh, one of the good things that can happen is you can <clears throat> you can take a, a look at something that you've been thinking about and step back and decide, wait a second, I want to do something differently. And uh, people often find things uh, during the retrograde that they've lost. Um, they often uh, will hear from old friends, old lovers, old connections during the retrograde. Um, so those are the kinds of positive things that can come. Of, but the big thing is to really slow down and reevaluate and not run your life the same way you did when Mercury was direct. So just to recap, you said that things that have gone missing may may reappear. To do things that begin with R-E, or like relax, regroup, reconsider. And what was the third thing that you suggested? Uh, well, I was just mentioning that, that one of the good things that often happens is that people from your past come back and ah. into, in, into your life and, and, and you go like, wow, I haven't heard from that person for a long, a long time. In fact, last Mercury retrograde that occurred, I had placed a call to somebody, an important call months before. And literally it, three months later, when Mercury went retrograde, they called me. So you might get some response from, from the past coming up during the retrograde. So that continues with the reword. People resurface. <laughs> yeah, well said. Exactly. Exactly. So I, you know, I think the I think the key thing for people looking at the retrograde, you know, there there are literally the top ten things I tell people not to do during the retrograde, and certainly we can talk about some of them if you think it would be of interest. I definitely do. We're going to go to a break in a couple of minutes, but we can definitely get into a couple of these points, and then when we come back, we can talk more. Sure. So what are a couple of don'ts? Okay. Well, the first thing is don't make agreements. Um, one of the big problems in having agreements occur during the retrograde is that people make mistakes. They aren't looking at an agreement very well. Um, you know, I had a, a client of mine that uh, was going through a divorce and separating assets and the contract or agreement to look at the, the division of assets came up during the retrograde. And she said, look, I really need to get this thing squared away. It's just making me upset. Um, I want to end this relationship. And that means separating the assets. And I said, can you wait three weeks? And she said, why? I said, well, you're going to, you may miss something. And sure enough, it, it turned out she didn't follow that advice. And after the <laughs> Mercury went direct, Lisa, she she realized that a number of items in their relationship that were part of their joint relationship were left off the list. And now she had no recourse in which to uh, claim that she deserved half or one of them. So you don't yeah. want to sign you, you don't want to sign agreements because you, you, there's too much of a tendency to uh, miss details. And that you will see after Mercury goes direct. The other thing, too, is is it's really uncanny, but there are things you don't know during the retrograde that you will know when Mercury actually goes direct. It, and that's because communication is clear. And there are things that just come into, into play that you didn't know during the retrograde. Very interesting. That was the top thing that I had uh, learned about not to make or sign agreements during this Mercury retrograde phase. We're going to need to go to a break. And I want to give your contact information to learn more about Larry Schwimmer. Please visit astrodecision.com. On Facebook, he is Larry Schwimmer Astrologer. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back. Who says money can't buy happiness? 
Check out Lisa's new book, Are We Happy Yet? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, and other fun, fashionable, and inspiring items at shophappyatharvestinghappiness.com. We'll be right back after this quick break. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. Each day we get to choose how we are going to show up for life. And at times we need tips for strengthening our well-being. Learn training strategies for greater emotional fitness and improved mental muscle tone at HarvestingHappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, please listen up. We're talking about mercury in retrograde. Some of you may know what that is. Some of you may not. But this is when communications go catawampus. That's a good word. And um, t- we're talking today with astrologer and author Larry Schwimmer. He has written a book entitled, What the Hell is Going On in My Life? Using Your Birth Date to Find Answers About Relationships, Career, Money, Sex, and Health. Prior to the break, we were talking about one of the top don'ts during this Mercury retrograde phase, which comes three times a year, I believe, lasts for two to three weeks. And um, Larry advised us not to make contracts or agreements. Larry, what are some other don'ts during this period? Well, uh, don't accept a, a, a job or don't even start a job. I mean, one of the problems that occurs is, uh, uh, in fact, I had a client disregard this advice and she accepted a new job. And by the time she started the month after, when Mercury went direct, the company had changed her job so much that it no longer resembled the one that she'd accepted. Her reporting relationship had also shifted from the great guy she was going to work for to the loudmouth chauvinistic boss from hell. <laughs> so during the retrograde, things are not what they seem to be. So uh, if you can possibly tell your new employer, hey, I'd like to start you know, a week later, two weeks later, three weeks later, it, it will really be better off for you in the long run. Aha. All right. Another so, one. Another one. Um, uh, don't try to close a sale. If you're in sales or even if you're in a company and you're making a presentation that you're trying to compel uh, the uh, your boss or uh, other senior executives, um, be very careful. Um, uh, it's the wrong timing. What happens is during the retrograde, um, people don't understand your ideas. They don't. They may resist them, etc. So I, I, they stall you with excuses and delays. They don't want to make a decision. So I encourage people, um, especially professionally, to to try to save your big presentations and your opportunities to uh, influence others, like in a sale, uh, till when the time goes direct. Um, another thing is, uh, don't initiate new projects. 
Um, it's a good time for finishing projects when Mercury is retrograde. It's a good time for researching the next project you may want to do. But the problem is when you initiate a new project, you may leave, you may leave out a vitally important detail. And, uh, and, and then later on, you have to come back and, and restructure what it is you left out. So uh, another thing, too, is avoid traveling a lot. You know, um, I tell people you don't have to put your life on hold, but if you can minimize some of the things you do, you'll have less aggravation. Uh, travel goes awry. There are delays, inconveniences uh, that you have to be prepared for when you travel. Make sure your bags are very secure when you check them in. That'll be the time that the, that the airline especially will lose your, 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 your luggage or, or they'll be lost or sold, stolen. Reconfirm your reservations. Those are the kinds of positive things you can do to help uh, deal with uh, the inevitable problems that seem to go on during the retrograde. And what's interesting is these planetary movements, um, farmers have been using them for centuries. I mean, this is not just about predicting our... Um, our, our futures or understanding our character makeup based upon what the planets are doing, but also about how farmers and agriculture have used the planets to help guide them as well, right? Well, that, that's right. I mean, Benjamin Franklin uh, was an astrologer, uh, and a lot of people don't know that. Now, he used uh, the actual uh, phases of the moon in the farmer's almanac that he published uh, to help people plant and know when to uh, uh, get the best harvest. So even today, we the moon affects tides. So, you know, the planets influence us. And I always tell people, especially skeptics, you know, if the moon can affect the tides and no one argues that, um, why is it not possible that other planets like Mercury, which rules communication, why would not uh, affect us as well? Yeah, so I, I agree. I'm I'm sold on this. I've seen it time and time again. I perhaps was skeptical at one point, but now I am completely convinced that when when Mercury retrograde is coming, I just I hit the pause button as best I can. Yeah, I think that's smart. In fact, another. Uh, uh, area that I encourage people to take pause in is during the retrograde, don't select a roommate or move in with a new one. Uh, I have a very good friend who somehow always finds himself looking for a roommate during the retrograde. And recently he chose a person he was sure was the perfect roommate and their credit checked out. They seem nice enough and said all the right things, um, you know, at their let's get to know each other <laughs> meeting. But once once Mercury went uh, direct, uh, he found out instead of this guy being a neatnik, uh, his new roommate was a slob and loved to play music loudly and watch TV in the wee hours of the morning because he was an insomniac. So there are things you don't know during the retrograde that you will know once it goes direct. Would that apply to you know dating, starting new relationships? Yeah, exactly. Good point. I mean, I, I'm I'm married now, happily, but but I remember the days I used to date, and I would see the retrograde, and I would notice this strange thing, Lisa. I, I would be told, "Hey, there's this great person you have to meet." It would right be during the retrograde, and I would meet them, and I swear there'd be some sort of miscommunication 
problem. There would be some issue that would come up. Maybe they would show up late and, you know, the, the date would start off the wrong way. And I got to the point where, where when I was interested in meeting somebody or somebody said, you've got to meet this person, they're fabulous. Um, I would literally hold off my meeting them until Mercury went direct when there was a lot greater chance of, of having a good communication between the two of us. So yes, makes a difference. What are some other don'ts or some do's? Um, well, I mean, don't repair your car uh, or buy a car. <laughs> Because you know uh, it's it's that's when you're going to buy the lemon. You're gonna, that's gonna, when you're going to buy the car. You're like, I can't believe this. I mean, how does this happen? So um, I, I don't make purchases on computers or begin installations because that's when you you know you you buy the computer from hell um, and you regret not buying the three year warranty that the salesperson suggested. Um, you, you know, you install your new so- software expecting glitches, your hard drive fails. So don't be doing that kind of thing. And also don't buy things. Um, uh, uh, there's something you don't know. I'll tell you a quick, interesting story from my uh, past. I remember shopping for a suit during Mercury Retrograde, and, and I thought, wow, what a beautiful suit. I, I'd love to buy this. It would look really great. And um, I walked in and uh, I was all set to buy it, and I thought, now Mercury Retrograde, I I really should, I can't do it. And as I walked out the door, the salesman followed me, and he said, you know, you were really smart not to buy the suit. And I said, why? He said, well, we're going to be running a sale in in literally three weeks where that suit's going to be reduced by a third. And I (laughs) smiled to myself when he said that. And that's exactly what happens during the retrograde. There are things you don't know that you will know once Mercury goes direct. I think this speaks to something very important about our need to slow down and, you know, paying attention to the rhythms of of life and the rhythms of nature. And most of us don't do that. I certainly know I didn't do it. You know, and I and now I'm more aware of it. And I, but I don't do the things that you talk about. The re's, you know, relax, regroup. You know, yeah, that's good so- point. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's a good point. I think all of us are guilty of that. We think we have to do something immediately. But if someone said to you, you know what, this is not a great time to make those kinds of decisions, like buying something uh, important, like a computer or like a car or maybe a, a suit or a new dress or something. Um, and they said, look, use these three weeks to research, see what your options are. I mean, I can't tell you how much money I've saved not buying something during the retrograde only to find out later on that it was, you know, on sale or reduced, or I found another source for the same item I was going to spend a lot more money on. So, so slowing too- down is good. Slowing down is good, and what I hear you saying, it's a great time to finish up projects that have been started, to research, you know, to get to lay groundwork perhaps, but not start a new a new project. Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, those are those are the ways to make um, benefits from the um, you know from the retrograde. You know, it's it's a good time to resolve understandings um, as long as you're patient. Um, cause we all make mistakes, you know, especially during the retrograde. So, um, 
you know, again, it's it's the kind of thing where when you look at three weeks, it's not that long of a period of time in which to use to reevaluate as opposed to operating our life in the normal way, which is I see something, I'm going to go do it or I'm going to go buy it and I'm going to not take a pause out. So, so maybe it's a time to harness impulsivity or work, to- or work towards doing so. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and we all can do that. And you know how it is when you when someone says to you, uh, look, um, that report that you just turned in, um, it's it's got a lot of errors on it. Can you go through it? All of a sudden you take the time and you you shine it up and you make sure it 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 really presents yourself well. And those are the things that people need to be thinking of during the retrograde that would really, really help them. You can avoid mistakes by not taking a lot of actions during the retrograde. So uh, I also don't plan tr- vacations because, you know, that's, the, the retrograde is a time when lots of accidents occur. So yeah. people are in a hurry and they do the same things. You know, I had a client who went on a vacation and she said, God, I, I know it's retrograde, but I'm going to do it anyway. And she, she was by the pool and she slipped on a some sort of, surface uh, like a banana peel and she literally was hospitalized during the entire time she was on vacation so those things can happen but they seem to happen more often during the retrograde understood are there any other planetary phenomenons that wreak havoc or predispose us to uh perhaps um a more optimistic window because most of us just know of the Mercury retrograde, but I'm wondering if there are others that have less press. Well, there there are. In fact, you know, we should maybe sometime we can we can re- do another show uh, on Venus retrograde, uh, which is happening between March 4th and April 15th, um, and that happens every few years. But uh, you know, there are a lot of problems that occur with one's love life. During the Venus retrograde, you know, and and we can talk a lot about that at some time if you want to, but it's a bad time for cosmetic surgery. So there there is a time and a place for doing things. Um, And when Venus retrograde, you want to avoid certain actions related to your physical appearance, your beauty, uh, and certainly your love life. Well, we will have to explore that theme, but we are out of time for today. And I want to once again, let our listeners know to learn more about Larry Schwimmer's work. You can visit him at astrodecision.com. The book he has written is entitled, What the Hell is Going On in My Life? Using Your Birthday to Find Answers About Relationships, Career, Money, Sex, and Health. You can connect with him on Twitter at Astro Decision and on Facebook, Larry Schwimmer astrologer. And here are a few thoughts before we part. Happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. It simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen and my guest today, Chris Flisher and Larry Schwimmer, wishing you kind thoughts kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. Go out and rock your day. 
Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Join us each and every Wednesday for a brand new episode of Consciously Curated Talk Radio from the Heart. Keep harvesting your own happiness anytime from the comfort of wherever you are with hundreds of free downloadable podcasts from our libraries on Tokinet, iTunes, and SoundCloud. In a complicated world seemingly driven by nonstop negative news, Lisa's mission is to celebrate the upside of life and seek the silver lining of our challenges by transforming them into uplifting growth opportunities for all. To learn more about Lisa's global consulting services, please visit HarvestingHappiness.com. Spread more joy by liking us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and following Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen. Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio is produced in collaboration with Toginet Radio, KBUU, RadioMalibu.net, and is available on PRX, the public radio exchange.